0: will define who we become if I believe that money is the end all of everything if I believe that that is the most important thing in my life my life will reflect that Everything I do will point towards that. You could watch me and you could watch how I spend my time, how I spend my money. My mood will fluctuate on how much money I have. My relationships will fluctuate on that. How I feel during a holiday season will fluctuate on money. And if you're around a man very often, come Christmas time, they start getting because there's some money involved. And if you go on vacation and sometimes I just have to before, you know, me and Cindy was recently went on a vacation and she said, now, Brian, you know, this is what it's going to cost. And you need to have that in your mind before we get going. And I said, you know, Cindy. I've already I've already been there. I've wrapped my round, mind around it, and I am ready to go. And so, you know, you just have to to do those things. But if you, uh, whatever your mind is, uh, whatever it is that you believe to be the most important, will define your heart. And If I believe that fame or power is important, then I will live in a way that gets me more power or gets me more fame. I will showcase myself before everyone, and I will be interested only in people who can get me higher up the ladder or can make me feel better about myself. Have you ever noticed that? What I believe defines who I become. And if I am going to be Christ-like, I have to believe that he is God and that God is God. And it's not just a belief, oh, I believe in God, some mythical being that's far off somewhere, that's out there somewhere. What I believe about him defines me and who I will become. So if I believe in a far-off, disconnected God who's not really engaged in my life, I will become a person who is disengaged with God. If God is just an idea that's far off and he's not interested in what I'm doing, if I believe he's just an idea, then I'm not gonna be engaged with him. He's, he's gonna be something that's somewhat a dis, uh, disattached from my life. But if I believe that he is real and he is close, then that is gonna define how I live my life. If I believe that God is far off, I'm gonna be disengaged, not, not connected to him. And he will just be something in my life, but he will not be my life. And there's a lot of people out there that believe like that. They, they believe that God is, is just some sort of an idea. That God is something that might or might not be real, but he's not personal. And he's not real. And they don't believe that you can have a real relationship with him. But in order to have a real relationship with someone or with God, you have to know the person. And there's three things I want you to remember this morning. God is real. God is in control. And God cares for you. God is real. He is a hands-on God. As we talked about this morning in in Genesis chapter 2, he is a hands-on God. He gets down and dirty and starts creating. Uh, up until now, like I said, he's just been speaking things into order. I wish God would go over my house there in Niagara and speak that dumb thing into order. It would really speed things up. Because right now, we're going about, you're just barely moving. But I wish he could come in there and speak. But up until this point, he's speaking. But then, all of a sudden, God says, I got something else planned. I've been speaking everything else into order. But he gets on the old rubber boots and gets down in the dirt. And he starts forming. I don't know if you can see that this picture means so much to me. I don't know about you guys, but I like, I like to create things. I like to make things. I like to do things and then be able to just stand back and go, yeah, yeah. Uh, the other night we was out at the house and my wife has been griping uh, in a nice way <laughs> about, I, in a loving, gentle way. I've got this, uh, I got, I've had this, just this big pile of, of, of concrete out in the yard from where there used to be an old store building there in the yard. And, uh, and she's like, you need to get rid of that. There there's a, and then there was a tree out there and stuff all in the ditch. And she goes, man, we need to get rid of that. And I go, yeah, I've, I've got that on my list, my big long list. And so James was out there with these, uh, with his, uh, Bobcat thing and uh, skid loader, and we had to wait on another load of dirt and I said boy James that'd be great if we could get this mess out of the yard I said man I'd be a hero if you could get this mess out of the yard and James goes man I can do it I can do it we've got time we're waiting on this load of gravel I can I can get it done and I mean he did stuff with that machine that I just sat there and go wow And he got in there and he moved all them trees around, piled it all up in a pile, got the big thing, big bunch of stuff out of the way. And I just, when we got done, and when I say we, I mean James. But I, I, and as I gave this example, I had really nothing to do with it, except I had in my mind what I wanted to look like. And when I got done, it looked like it. And I remember, I, I got out there and I just stood in the road. I just stood in the road and I said, man, This looks good. You drove by, Kurt. Kurt Graybill. I could. I was out in my yard the other night, wasn't I? I was standing there admiring my yard that got changed, and God got down and dirty, and He got this thing and He got it all together, and He goes, "Yeah, that was you." Do you understand that? He had you in his mind. It was Adam that was there, but he had everybody who would ever be alive in his mind. He goes, it starts here. It starts here. I got everybody else in my mind, but it starts here. And then he takes that thing that he has formed and he goes, it's on. And he blows the breath of life into that. And folks, today, you and I are still drawing life from God. And he looks back and he goes, everything else I've made is good. But this is really good. This is really good. And if we come to this place, we have to come to the place where we believe that that God is real. And that he is in control and that he cares for me because God is not some far off something or another. God is very close and very near and very real. And he very much cares for you. And, and, and we want to know that God, we need to know that God. And he has made us the way we are. And uh, he is not a far off God. He is uh, up in man's face. I mean, when he blows, he is blowing that into our face. That's the kind of God he is. And we have to believe that. And when we believe that, then it changes everything we we do. When we believe that we draw life from him, then we want to be in communion with him. But what if I believe that God really isn't interested in me? What if I have this belief that that God is a far off God and and he kind of just got everything going and then said, "Okay, you guys just go and I'll I'll keep the world spinning around. But you guys just kind of just make it. I'm not really going to be involved in your life. I'm going to you know, I'm going to pull the string and get the world turning and and get the universe going and then I'll just let it run. and, And and whatever happens, happens. There is a thought out there. There is some people that have in their mind, there is a theology out there that that's what God has done. That he created everything. He put humans on the earth. He pulls a string. And then he just lets it go. And he's just watching. He's going to see what happens. See what they do. That is not God. God is up in the middle of everything. And God is not just some far off something with you. God wants to be in the middle of everything you do. But if you believe that God is not interested in you, you're going to live like that. If you, I mean, I mean if you're, if you have people that are not interested in you, the chances of you being interested in them goes way down. You don't really, you know, if someone, if you try to be friends with someone and they don't want to be friends with you, you're like, okay, I don't, that's all right. But God is interested in you. God wants to be all up in everything you do. God cares about you. And if we believe that, then that starts to change the way that we live our daily life. Do I believe that God is involved in and cares about my daily life? At some time or another, you will all ask the question. And sometime we'll get in a place where we will say, God, do you really care about me? Have you ever been in that spot? Don't raise your hands because surely everybody has. I can't imagine that there's not some dark, low place in your life where you're like, God, do you even, do you even see me here? you remember me you know i read in your word where you said that before the foundations of the earth that i was in your mind and i had a plan you were and you had a plan for me and i know that you created me and and all this stuff but i'm having a hard time seeing if you do you even see me and sometimes we feel that way but i want you to know this morning i want to give you hope this morning and 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 preach the truth to you this morning that god sees you That God knows what's going on in your life, and God is very interested in you, and God cares for you. Even when it doesn't look like he does, he does. And I have an example from scripture this morning. If you have your Bibles, you can go to 2 Kings 19, and I'd encourage you to read this. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But there's a king called Hezekiah. Hezekiah. And there had been this long line of kings who had not followed God and not done what God wanted to do. But Hezekiah comes along. He's the king of Judah. And if you read what it says about him, it says that this guy actually followed Jesus. followed God. He was following God. And most of the time we think, if I'm following God, everything is just going to be great. There's not going to be any hard things happen. It's just going to be roses and sunshine and, and rainbows all the time. And everything's going to be great. And lots of times people sell that, okay? I'm kind of not that way, all right? But we think, you know, if you read that first thing about Hezekiah, it says that he followed God. So in my mind, I'm thinking, man, he's going to have a great, this is going to be wonderful. And he was doing the things that God told him to do. He was removing the high places. He was removing idols. And you would think that if he was doing that, that God is, everything's going to be great, well, it comes along and and the, and the king of Assyria comes and he says, I'm getting ready to run you over. Now you have to understand, this is the known world at that time. This is like Russia coming in from the north and blowing through Canada and taking over Canada, which you could probably do with a BB gun, all right? But they take over Canada and they said, okay, We have run over the Chinese, the Japanese, the Koreans, the Mexicans. We just overtook Canada, and we're fixing to overtake America. Now imagine if America didn't have really a very good army or anything like that. This is where Hezekiah was. He didn't even have a very good army. Assyria had whooped everybody that had anything powerful at all and and was ruling the world. And he comes in to Jerusalem and says, hey, we're fixing to give you a whooping. And we've whooped everybody. And even the people that serve your God, we've already whooped. And Hezekiah's like, you know, maybe you could say that in a language other than what our people could hear because I really don't want them to hear this. And they said, oh no, we're gonna speak it in Jewish, in Hebrew, so they'll know everything because I want everybody to know It's fixing to come down. I'm raining down on your head. And Hezekiah's like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What's going on? I've been serving God. God, do you? I I have to think that Hezekiah would be like, God, have you? I've been tearing down all the high places. I've been doing what you asked me to do. And now this guy is fixing. I, I can't put an army together that would do anything. This guy whoops up on everybody, and and I have to think that he's thinking, God, do you even see me? Do you ever have a day like that? A week like that? Some of you may be in a decade like that. I don't know. I mean, sometimes it goes like that. Sometimes it's months or even years like that. God, do you even see me? Do you even care about me? I have I have worshiped you. I have followed you. I've felt that you were that God that was near to me, but I'm just telling you, God, you don't feel that near to me right now. I've done what you've asked me to do, but I don't feel that near to me right now. And this is where he's at. And in this, he believes that God he he believes in God. And so he goes to Isaiah and he says, look, we, I'm, I'm crying out to God on this deal. And that's how they spoke to God then. They would go to the prophet and the prophet would speak to God. And, and this, is, this is kind of what I, Isaiah says. And he says, this is what Isaiah says. See, this, this Assyrian king said, even people that served your God, I've run over. They've had fortified cities. I booted them out. I flattened them. And these are people that are supposedly serving the same God that Hezekiah serves. And so he's scared and all this stuff. And so Isaiah goes and says, this is what Hezekiah says, God. What, what can we do? And I love this response that God has. And, I, and I'm reading and then paraphrasing it out of the Amplified. And this is basically what God says. The only reason the king of Assyria is able to do anything... Is because I ordained it a long time ago. If you read in the in the Amplified, he says, "I planned this out in the olden days." You remember the olden times is what the word actually says. Do you remember when your mom and dad talked about the olden days? How old are the olden days for God? He's He's old, and when God starts talking about the olden times it's old, old. And he's saying, I knew about the king of Assyria in the olden days. I planned this out in the olden days. And the only reason he's doing this is because I, I planned it. He says, I ordained it. He said, those fortified cities, those folks, they've been, they've been having their faith in the fortified cities. I used, it literally says, I used him as an instrument to teach them a lesson. This guy is not an all-powerful world leader. He is a tool in God's hand. He said, he is an instrument to me. I'm using him. I'm the one in control, and I see you, and I care about you. And the only reason he's able to do anything is, like, I'm letting him do that. Those people were weak. He's not strong. Those people were weak. I'm allowing him to defeat them. He is my instrument. And when you don't believe that he is real or in control or he cares and you depend on men, then you're going to be defeated like this guy's. But when you do believe that God is real and you do believe that God is in control and you do believe that God cares, then you're fixing to have yourself a miracle in your life. And so Hezekiah is up against this most powerful army in the world. And he believes this. He believes God is real. He believes God is in control. And he believes that God is going to change things. And it says in in 2 Kings 19.35, it says, The angel of the Lord came down, and in one night wiped out 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. In one night, no guns, no grenades, no atomic bombs, no nothing. And he was so quiet about it. It says that in the morning, the ones that were alive woke up and there's just dead people all around them. Wouldn't that give you the freak out? I mean, really? He's so quiet. I mean, and everybody's like, did you hear anybody last night? I didn't hear nothing. I didn't hear nothing. Why is everybody dead? I don't know, but let's go home. And that's what happened. That's what happened. Hezekiah, it's not really what happened, but defeated the strongest army in the world and never went to battle with them. God did it. And literally, if you read this scripture, if you read this story, he says, I see you. I see you. I know what's going on in your life. I, I understand. I, You're not... You, you know, and you imagine going to God and he says, God, do you see this? Yes. I see everything. And, and I don't know about you, but that makes me really happy and really scared all at the same time. Have you ever been in something you say, God, do you see what's going on? You ever watch the news? I try not to. But every now and then, I'll get on, I'll get in, and watch the news. We used to, we used to, back when we lived in, in town, we could get Fox News. And Cindy would let me watch it every now and then until I started yelling at the TV. And then she'd say, okay, you're going to have to not watch it for a week or so until you can behave yourself. And, but that's what would happen. You watch it, and you, and, and, I don't, and maybe none of you are this way, but sometimes when I watch the news, I'm like, God, do you see this? And he's like, no, I had not turned on the news today. I, I had no idea this was going on. Well, we'll just, you know. Yes. He sees. And you know what else he sees? Have you, have you ever said, God, do you see what they're doing? Because we're really good at that. God, do you see what them guys are doing? You should do something about them guys. They they need something done. You need to do that. Do you see what they're doing? And God goes, do you see what you're doing? Uh, mm." See, we're really quick at saying, God, do you see them? And and God says, yeah, I see them. And I see you too. Because you know why? Because God is very close and very near. And he is in control. And he is real. And sometimes God changes circumstances like this. Sometimes he, he gets in the middle and boom, he changes circumstances. Because God cares enough to deliver us from it. But sometimes God cares enough to teach us something from that. I really like to be delivered That's what I like. I like it when God swoops in and changes everything and you're like, yes, thank you, God. Man, I'm glad I don't have to go through that any longer. But sometimes God comes in and he's with us, but he loves us enough to let us go through those things to teach us stuff. And I'm going to tell you this morning, I... I got up very early this morning and was going through all this. I was like, God, what is, what is, what do you, what is the message this morning? And I just want you to know, I don't know what anybody here is facing this morning. Hezekiah was against the greatest army in the world. But I tell you what, sometimes something that might seem small to someone else pushes on you. You might be, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing in your life, but I do know this. No matter what you're facing this morning, God is real, God is in control, and God cares. And he sees you this morning. He sees you. If you go to verse 21, God says of this evil king, I mean, God says of, of the king of Assyria, he said, I see you. He says, I see everybody. And, 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 and God sees you this morning. And that should give you a lot of peace. And it also should scare you. Because God knows what's in your heart. And I want to ask you, how are you living this morning? Lance, I want you to come. what I believe will define my life. And will make who I am becoming. And I want to ask you this morning, who are you becoming? Does your belief in God make you more and more like Christ? Or does your belief in God make you more and more like the world? I want you to understand what I'm saying. Do I believe in God so much that I'm becoming more like him? Or do I have such a shallow belief in God that I'm becoming more like the world? Does that make sense? and you're either going one way or the other do you live work act do i react do i plan do i love people do i respond do i spend do i save do i talk like god is real or is he some far off something or another do i live act react plan like god is in control do I live act talk save spend whatever I do like God cares for me or am I just going through life like God is some far off something or another? Do I believe God is real? Do I believe God is in control? Do I believe God cares for me? Do I have faith like a person who believes these things? Do you pray? Do you pray like God is real? Are you just praying to take up time? Do you go to God and pray like you believe that he really has the answer? Hezekiah went and prayed like God was his only answer and God answered him. I think sometimes we just pray because we think, oh, well, this is the thing to do, but I don't really think it's going to change anything. If we really believe God was real, it would change the way we pray. It would change the way we come to him. We would come to him believing that God changes things. Do I face hardships like God is real? Do I go into hardships saying, God, I believe you can deliver me from this. I believe you care for me even in the midst of this. Do you have a peace that comes from believing in a God that is real and in control And cares for me. I'm telling you what, some of you this morning, the only peace that you have in your life is because you believe God is real. And there's some folks here this morning that probably don't have very much peace. Because the truth is, you don't believe God is real. You don't believe He's in control, and you might not even believe He cares for you, but He does. I want us all to stand this morning. What do you believe today? Maybe there's somebody here this morning that says, You know what? I have believed that God is something far off, but I want to this morning know God. And you can this morning. He. He gives it, he opens it up for us. If we repent from our sin, we can know God. We can have a personal relationship with God and believe that, that he is real and he is alive and in control and in our lives. And you can have that this morning. Or maybe this morning, you already believe in God, but you, say, you just want to pray and say, God, do you, do you see me? The word says that he does. The word says that he cares. Sometimes it's hard to understand or hard to, hard to feel. But maybe this morning you just say, God, do you really care? Are you really there? And I'm not saying that he will swoop in and change everything, but the word says that he gives us peace that we can't even understand. And maybe you need that this morning. If you need to pray this morning, you know the Lord has spoken to you. If you need to pray, we're going to open up the altar for a moment. And if you'd like to pray this morning, we're going to allow you a time to do that. If you'd like to come, come as we sing this morning. Lance, lead us, please.